As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Southern Spice. I have here with me Mr. Jack Pochamp, previously known as John Pochamp, which uh, we'll get into that later. You are, so you're not a bail bonds agent, per se, in the state. What are you called? I'm a bail enforcement agent. Bail enforcement agent. Okay. Um, And you're also a private security and PI, correct? Yes, sir. So, you've actually helped me out before in some PI work, so... I will recommend any of them. What's the easiest way to get in contact with you per business? Probably my email. Okay, what's your email, bud? Jackbochamp45 at gmail.com. That's a simple one. Mm-hmm. So if you need any PI work done in the Beaufort County area, that is the man to call. Best rates in town. We were looking at a PI, and it was running. It was going to run us $35 an hour, but you do it enough to where you gauge, do you gauge the case and then you quote per case? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I don't like okay. to just give out a flat rate. Because then I, I feel like people would abuse it because you would just be like, oh, I sat and watched her for 10 hours. That's $350. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I watched him. A lot of people can just, you know, a lot of private eyes, they can just say what they want on the paperwork. But I like to charge based on the case. Okay. So how did you end up getting into a, getting into the bail enforcement field? I guess. Do you just like hurting criminals? <laughs> no, it's not that I like hurting criminals or anything like that. It's remember just... now, this is all going to be on internet, so you got to be careful what you say. Exactly. I'm but you can always wink at me when I'm right, and you don't want to <laughs> say anything. Yeah, they won't see it. <laughs> so, but, um... how did that happen? It happened right because for people who don't know, Jack and I went to high school together, and so if I slip up and call him John, that's just because I've known him for so long and. It's just, it's second nature to me. I mean, that's what you are in my phone contacts. Um, you explained to me why a little bit, but we'll go into that a little bit later on, why you decided to change your name. And it's valid reason. It's actually genuinely smart. I, ha- I know plenty of people who do that for that type of reason. So how did you end up being a bail enforcement agent? So after what happened with the schools and stuff like that, you know, I, I knew I always wanted to work. And give, a, give a little bit of background to that. With the schools? Yeah. <clears throat> so don't go into too much depth because we gotta, you know, we gotta keep it straight. But don't forget, you can always wink at me, bud. <laughs> I know, I know. So basically, what ended up happening was um, <clears throat> school district wanted to make an example out of me, um, and this officer, um, school resource officer with B for PD, wanted to uh, make a case with me. You know, he had a real fucking hard on for me because you know I was the guy that rode the motorcycle, wore the leather jacket, and shit. You know. He just wanted to fucking fuck with me. Yeah, set an example like, 
and mind you, everyone, he is the brand new resource officer, like first year. And I think was he not a first year police officer himself, or he had been in what two years? So he actually was fresh out of the fucking academy. Um, four months on the job, he pulled his gun five times, and after about that fifth incident, they decided to move him over to SRO. Mm. Keep it contained. I never had a problem with him, but that's just because of what classes I took, I guess. And I never really interacted with him all that much, unlike you, who you were in ROTC, correct? Yeah, I was in ROTC in drama. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming with ROTC, you interact with law enforcement and our SRO, and he's ex-military, correct? Yeah, he was a former Marine. So, once Marine, always Marine. Yeah. But, so, you ended up getting in this kind of, there was no fight, it was just kind of, not a physical fight, but you ended up in this bout where, I I don't really remember, I remember vaguely, but I don't have all the information correctly, because it was so boom bam, like, oh shit, he's expelled. Yeah. So, from what I remember, your ex-girlfriend said something you had in your vehicle. Correct. Correct. And... It wasn't even your vehicle because the only vehicle you owned at the time was actually your motorcycle, if I remember correctly. So yes. you're not even driving your vehicle. So you're driving somebody else's to school to get to school and actually be in the building and learn somewhat. Yeah. Some, uh, we'll just flat out say it, some bitch snitched on you. And then you ended up suspended originally for 10 days mm-hmm. and then expelled. Yeah, no, they, they expelled me right after my suspension. So then you went in court and fought. How long? How was that process? Like, how long was that? So for anything to actually happen, uh, obviously the events occurred um, that same day. Um, they actually took me to jail. So I was arrested. I actually um, probably still have your mugshot screenshot on my phone. Yeah, and I smiled in that motherfucker. <laughs> 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 but um, it's not because I'm proud of what happened. It's just I was smiling because I knew that given my background who who my family is you know my family's been heavily involved with law enforcement for years you know and i knew that what was going on was wrong and i knew that this rookie because that's that's what he is he's just a fucking green around the ears rookie you know i knew that he bit off more than he could fucking chew and i knew that i was going to be able to beat this and your your family didn't pull any strings you just knew from past law enforcement and just experience i mean your mom's a 911 operator you know, your dad, I'm sure, just with all the events and things he's tied into, knew many a people from that area. And so you knew what you had going for you? Yeah, no, it was never a matter of, you know, strings being pulled or anything like that. You know, unfortunately, I'm not Paul Murder, so, you know, I can't get Talk away about with him on last week's episode. <laughs> unfortunately, I can't, you know, get away with things because my daddy will just buy, buy my way out of it. You know, yeah. I just I know the law. Plus, and you're not a straight white male. It just, just doesn't happen for you like that. It's funny It's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people thought that because of the fact that, it, you know, I'm a minority that I would just get railroaded and fucked in the end. But I had complete faith in the justice system that I would, you know, turn out okay. You don't have to say a specific number, but what are those lawyer's fees like? Actually, um, as a matter of fact, my lawyer fee was free because my lawyer thought that what was going on was – unjust so was he kind of was it a he or a she that was representing you uh he he uh also works with his wife um i'm not gonna yeah don't name names here um unless you want a really good lawyer um if you want to know the lawyer and you want 
that lawyer to fight for you, just DM us on the Instagram page and we'll hook you up and set you up properly. Did he take the case? I want to say, I don't know if this is correct the way I say this, but was he was he relatively new to the justice system or? My lawyer? Yeah. No, God, no. I mean, he was practice veteran, you know. Like been he around himself the block. Was actually, I mean, I guess he had a private practice, so I mean, he's got a name for himself. Just oh from yeah, he also court. works for the public defender's office too. Mm. So you can get him, you know, for free through that too. But you know, that's not how I got my connection to him. Okay, so you fought the case. How long was that process? Like, how many months did it take you to get from so from being time, arrested to getting it expunged? So from the time that I got arrested, it was actually two years, almost to the date. Um, before we had actually sat in a trial. Um, so Holy shit. They decided to fast, like, because of how long it took, they decided they're, they're going to do the trial in one fucking day. And, you know, they were like, is everybody ready? And I was just like, yeah. They offered me PTI, um, and I kept turning it down because of the fact that I hadn't done anything wrong, so I'm not going to admit guilt and so, just to get it, you know, pushed under the fucking rug. So PTI, you would have, what, done community service, and that would have expunged your record, or how was that? So PTI, I would have still had a record. Like, there okay. would have been a record of, of my arrest, um, and I would have basically just done community service, and they would have been like, oh, you know, he did community service to, you know, hash out a sentence. You know, it's basically pleading guilty without pleading guilty. I guess it's kind of like the uh, more adult version for a live at 25 if you get a ticket. Yeah, it's basically like if you're a first offender, like you've never done anything wrong in your fucking life, they give you a chance. Okay. Do you, do you think that actually with you being working with and in the field of law, do you think that's actually a good process? I don't necessarily actually agree with the PTI process because of the fact that I, I'm, like I said, I'm a firm believer in the justice system. So, you know, my minority brothers out there that are listening to this, you have a chance, you know, don't think that just because, you know, you see blue that you're going to get fucked. All right. You know, I grew up around a law enforcement family and I know that a lot of the people out here are very good people and will uphold the law. Not all cops are bad. We know plenty of good ones. Exactly. Yeah. So what? With being a minority, um, and when you're on your motorcycle, you literally look like a gang member. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you've you got multiple tattoos, don't you? Yes, I do have a, cu- a couple of tattoos. So, I mean, what's what's the best somebody can do when they get in that situation? What do you mean? So, let's say, let's say you're a minority. You get pulled over on the road. You're going 15 over. What's okay. the best situation to make sure... It goes smoothly, and you don't get put behind bars for solid reason. Well, if you know you fucked up, you should admit that you fucked up, you know? It's literally just, you know, yes, officer, I realize I fucked up. You know, like, do you know why I pulled you over? And you tell him straight up, yes, I know why you pulled me over, and I apologize. He'll ask you for your insurance, you know, your fucking uh, registration. Give it to him. You know, you're nice to him. They're nice to you, you know? Matter of fact, <laughs> just two months ago, I got fucking pulled over by Port Royal of all departments, you know? small ass fucking department but you know they fucking um what is it called when they just delete your ticket you know i showed gave you a warning well no no no. i got a ticket but i didn't have to fucking pay it because i had already gotten it squared away they basically told me like if i showed up for court um and i got it taken care of uh i didn't have the registration in the car so i showed them that i had registration and then they basically took it off and i didn't get points or any fines awarded or anything like that so so now this is not if somebody has drugs in the car, everyone says it's best to tell the officer before. Is that true? An officer, um, 
yes, it's always better to just say, yeah, you know. I've got now, it. if it's I've got to ate the weed on me now. If it's over the legal limit, then I personally I would tell you to just you know try and get away with that shit and not say anything. But if it's just a little bit of fucking weed, then you know it's whatever. It's different, you know, for us. For, yeah, and than police. Yeah, and I'm sure it's different for more hardcore drugs. Yeah, I mean, I know somebody who's been busted with an ounce on them, and she told the officer, "Hey, I've got weed in my car." She goes, "I don't know how much it is. It's probably near an ounce. I don't have a scale. I don't plan on selling it." Order a two hundred fifty dollar ticket and send her on her way. Took yeah. the took the marijuana and called it a day. Yep. They can be they can be like that. You, as a, because I keep wanting to call you a bail enforcement agent or a bail bonds agent, but you're really a bail enforcement agent. So did you, I think if this is correct, you changed your name to help you out in that situation? Yeah, so the reason why I started going by Jack was because of what happened with the school. You know, officially at that point, when I got arrested, I decided that, you know, John Beauchamp was dead, you know, and he needed to be gone because that's not who I was anymore, you know, and I wasn't going to let that arrest be, you know, me for the rest of my life. So I changed my name to be a little bit more professional. Um, even if you search Jack or John Bochamp, either, or my record's been expunged, you know, I was not guilty. So you're, you're in the clear on that one. Now, for those who don't know, you took a bullet to the chest. You yes, got sir. you got you got to flesh out that story for us, because that's a wild story. And no, you it's not like um, I mean I guess you did take it pretty. Just flesh out the story for for the viewers, because I know what happened between what you've told me before, but flesh it out for the listeners. So basically, what ended up happening was it was a simple FTA. Um, me what, and my partner. What's an FTA? Oh, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Terminology. Uh, FTA is failure to appear. Okay. So FTA is almost 90% of our bread and butter. You know, that's what we go on most of the time. People don't show up for fucking court, and then they send bounty hunters after after you. It's easy you know? money for you. Now, how much do you averagely get? Does it depend on what the charges are? So depending on what their bail amount is, we can take home anywhere between 10 and 15%. Nice. Of, yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking at, let's just say, you know, 10% of a $100,000 dollar bond that's ten thousand dollars i made off of that one arrest so uh, on a hundred thousand dollar bond what what charges kind of go for that um on robbery i would imagine honestly you'd kind of be surprised with some of the bond amounts that i've seen like it's almost odd like there's no set amount like i mean i've seen somebody just get busted with weed and then they get like something a ten thousand dollar bond yeah like ten thousand or um like sixty thousand dollar bond i mean it's it's ridiculous you know, the bond amount that some of these judges set, you know, and it's up to the judges to set the bond. So, Ooh, so it varies per judge. Yes, it does. Now for a bit. So do you work? Are you a private contractor or do you work for a specific bail bonds company? So when I first started out, um, I did work for a bail bonds company. Um, I decided not to work for them anymore and I wanted a private contract. Although South Carolina is very, you cannot do that. You cannot, um, you know, private contract as they call them bond runners is the license name. Okay. Um, so you can't do that. However, there's no clause saying that if you're a surety agent or a professional bondsman that you can't private contract with other bondsmen. So I decided to go back. I got my full bondsman license and then I started private contracting. So you, so pretty much what happens is one bail bonds enforcer or bond enforcer works for a company and then he hires you to work with him. 
So basically, a bondsman, um, not necessarily their agent, but uh, their agent by South Carolina statute and law is called a bond runner on their license. Okay. Um, so the bondsman can elect runners, and the runner will work for that bondsman. And that runner can only work for that bondsman. So to get around that, if you're a professional bondsman, which, you know, I have the professional bondsman license and a surety bondsman license, you can actually contract yourself because of the fact that both a professional bondsman and a surety bondsman can um, uh, have the power to arrest. It's like basically you have to think about it like levels. So at the top, you've got a surety bondsman, second place is professional bondsman, and then runner. So as you go up the ladder, you can do more. So the you know surety bondsman does everything. So pretty much you're your own business, and then you contract with other businesses. That's the runaround easy yes, way out? Yes, that's, okay. that's what I had to do in order to do it the way I wanted to in this state. Other states are different. Uh, so now were you working for a specific company that – when you got shot? I don't know if you can legally say that or not. Let's just, okay, let's not say that, but let's go back to the story of when you got shot. So it's an FTA, correct? Yeah, it was a failure to appear. Um, so it was a simple failure to appear. Um, he also had a bond revocation. So a bond revocation is uh, we can get a complaint from any witness, and they could be like so-and-so is violating their bond contract. Um, usually it's a cosigner, and in this case it was a cosigner. Um, the cosigner called us to let um, let us know that the fugitive um, was violating the terms of his bond agreement. His specific terms of the agreement that he violated was drinking. He had a DUI charge. Um, and part of his bond was that he cannot go to any bars, drink, or anything like that until after it's all said and done. So the co-signer saw him drinking and decided to call the bondsman because if we come and pick up that fugitive, then the co-signer's fucked too. So the co-signer will call decided us. Decided to unfuck himself. Right. The co-signer will fucked. call us, exactly, to unfuck himself so that way he doesn't get fucked. Okay. So what happens, like, let's say... Now, okay, well, I got to finish. We got to finish the story. So you were shot in the chest? Yeah, no, I was um, not in the not in the square of my chest, but um, I was shot in my upper left. So the way you're looking at me right now, it'd be your right, my left. So uh, kind of right above the heart, I would say. Right. Yeah, in there, right the, here. Uh, so right above typically where you see a normal police officer's badge. Te- mm-hmm. Yeah. So right there. So just imagine that, guys. So it hit your vest, correct? Yeah, um, I got shot uh, twice, 45, in the vest. And the way you described it to me earlier is it was just shredded. Your vest was shredded. Yeah, no, it was completely fucking destroyed. Like, I'm never buying from that company again. (laughs) Dang, that's how bad it... I mean, hey, it saved your life. It did save my life, but had a third bullet come by, (laughs) probably not. I wouldn't be sitting here. (laughs) So, you you fractured your collarbone. Mm -hmm. What else, what other damage did you take? Um, there was a lot of hemorrhaging, um, from the skin and stuff like that. You could see, um, bruising and stuff. Um, but like by the time they actually had cut the vest off of me, um, when I was in the uh, ambulance, like you could see, like I was already turning purple, you know, on my chest and stuff from the impact. And we want to make every, everything clear here real quick, guys. If we, if we seem a little vague on certain things, it's just because he can't, contractually and due to state laws really go in depth in it so 
that's why everything kind of seems a little vague. He's not giving, well, homie came up behind this house and, uh, you know, shot off a couple rounds. We have to stay relatively within his terms so uh, a hardworking young man doesn't lose his job or his licenses. Because you can get in huge trouble for that, I'm assuming. Yeah, if I were to just list off any of the fucking companies that I've worked for, I mean, they could stop doing business with me. Um, I'm sure if SEDOI, you know, decided to just do any kind of check and it's like what I was telling you earlier with the body cam footage, you know, I can't really do anything with that footage other than, you know, use it for hearings and, you know, court appearances and shit until I leave. And you, and the major thing is some of these are still open cases, correct? Yes. So that could also affect the court's outcome. Right. And affect juries. So we have to stay a little fake on that. And we apologize for that. One day, maybe, when everything's said and done, we'll have you come in here and really give us a good, um, detailed... Anything that's a closed case, I could definitely talk about. Okay. So, assume when we're being very vague, these are still open cases. That's just what we want you guys to assume. So, did you stay the night in the hospital after you were shot? Yeah, um, after I was shot, I ended up staying, uh, in in the hospital. Uh, my partner was there as well. Um, she had actually been worse off than me. Um, she got hit too. Yeah. She got flesh wounds. So yeah. Um, both of the bullets that entered her, um, were uh, almost an inch or half inch. I can't remember what the doc said, but, um, pretty close to her femoral artery. Um, so which is that artery that runs along y'all's, you guys' legs, just for anyone who doesn't know. So, some of these guys are fucking terrible shots. Yeah, it was quick, and he, when we actually approached the door, he <laughs> he had a beer in his hand. So it was kind of like, you know, if the report wasn't enough, it was the fact that you're <laughs> drinking in front of us. So, you know. How quick did everything happen? Was it five it, minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds? It was pretty quick. It was simply, you know, we got out of the vehicle. We started walking up onto the porch. Um, my partner took lead. Um, she knocked on the door. We announced ourselves, you know, bail bonds come to the door. Um, he came to the door. He had a fucking matter of fact, it was Michelob Ultra, uh, in a glass, um, bottle. And he showed up at the door and, you know, he, he was just being belligerent, you know, so he wasn't intoxicated too, probably drunk Mm -hmm. opposite. That's for a DUI and you're going to cause that much more trouble for yourself. Yeah. I mean, he obviously wasn't that smart, you know? Um, the situation escalated from there, you know, because once we caught him literally red handed, it was a matter of, all right, you know, time to put your hands behind your back. He's like, well, let me finish my fucking beer, you know? And he goes to put, like, he drinks the rest of his beer and then he puts it down on this side table. Now I'm standing to the right of the door. My partner's standing on the left side of the door. Um, so I can't see where he reaches over cause he's reaching across his left. Um, and I assumed that he was putting it on an end table. That same end table that he put his beer, his empty beer bottle down on is where he kept his 45. And that's something that we didn't know. So when you are arrested by police, um, until your, you know, shit gets solved and whatnot, you're actually supposed to turn in all of your firearms, um, until after you settle up with the law. Um, so obviously he hadn't turned in his firearm and we didn't know that. So that's Um, another charge on him. If he was alive, yes. That would have been another charge. He didn't make it out? No, he didn't make it out of the situation. We almost didn't either. That's some crazy shit. 
That's some like real life dog the bounty hunter shit right there. <laughs> well, dog doesn't use real guns, so he uses rubber rounds. I'm assuming. Actually, he uses paintball guns. Ooh. I think, uh, matter of fact, um, and again, I can't say which bondsman it was, but my bondsman at the time knows him on a personal level. Um, But um, I remember a conversation that I had with the bondsman. They were talking about some incident that had happened uh, when they did have actual firearms. And from then on, they just never, ever used actual firearms from that point on. That's got to be even scarier, man, not knowing that you're not packing heat as well. Yeah, no, I I always have heat, and I also have less than lethal on me, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to legally. So, what's the funniest moment you've gotten into? Because I'm sure this this job is beyond stressful. I mean, you, you practically work three jobs, so you're bail bonds enforcer, you're a PI, and then you're also private security. So, what have you had any funny moments, like, just... People who are just like, ah, I'm going to jail, woo, type deal. Yeah, I've had a lot of funny moments. Um, I think one of my favorite moments, it's going to sound weird, obviously, like that I'm saying this out loud, this is my favorite moment, but um, we had this fucking nutcase uh, that we were arresting, and he fucking, he's streaking down the goddamn, you know, street, and like, he's just out of his fucking mind, and we're like, we're just keep trying to like call him by his name. And then, like, he keeps talking about us being, like, demons and, like, the bad man. And so blah, he's on blah, a blah. bad trip. Yeah, no, I mean, this guy's out of his fucking mind, you know. Turns out hom- Homie was a schizo. And, Ooh. Yeah, we know, we know my fucking track record with schizos, so. <laughs> but um, he, he was just out of his fucking mind, you know, losing his shit. Um, and uh, we decided to uh, tase him. That didn't fucking work. So we tried rubber rounds. That didn't fucking work. We were shooting uh, simunition rounds out of a AR-15. So if that doesn't work, then we switch over to the big boy rounds, and that comes out of a fucking 12-gauge shotgun. Ooh. So shooting a 6 cents rubber slug, you know, that'll knock somebody the fuck out, and that's exactly what happened to this fucker. I kind of felt bad, you know. I, I ended up having to back up, and I took the shot myself. You know, I backed up, like, you know, almost a hundred feet just to shoot him with this fucking rubber slug. Cause I didn't want to fucking accidentally kill the dude, you know? So shot him. He fucking went down. I mean, he was like on the floor, you know, just passed out. Just yeah. Out. And then like, we're like, let's try to get this guy into cuffs, you know? And then we get him in cuffs and he starts like wriggling around and, you know, he's like, he's trying to get his cuffs like underneath his legs. And, you know, like I'm a big dude. So like seeing skinny motherfuckers do that shit, it's like, yo, that's, that's wild. So we actually have something for these people that we have to deal with. Uh, it's called the rap <laughs> and it is not fun, but <laughs> basically, um, I don't know if you saw, you've seen that uh, video where the officers dealt with uh, this guy. It was almost the exact same fucking situation. I mean, the guy was yelling and being belligerent and stuff like that, and then he starts screaming bloody you know bloody hell because of the fact that they're putting him in this rap. So what it does is it's like a full handcuff for your body, you know. And it's pretty much like a straight jacket. Yeah, basically, you know, but for the whole fucking body, not just you know your torso. I mean, it restricts all of your movement. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it doesn't even sound fun to put on. It's not even... Mm-mm. Do you and the uh, whole wifey ever get kinky with the full body wrap? <laughs> no, I, but I do use the chains and whips. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you and your wife been married? Um, this past December uh, was a full year. Uh, we've been together longer, though. I Honestly, don't take this in the wrongest way, but I thought... 
I thought you were going to be kind of those single types forever, like not really finding somebody that was the right fit for you. Because you're, you're a very specific guy. You like what you like, and there's no difference in it. You like your emo. I'll put it this way. I love my big titty goth girlfriends. <laughs> and that's exactly what my wife is. So, I mean, you obviously had your type. You've, I mean, you've dabbled in other types, which obviously didn't end well for you. Um, no, I seem to attract crazy. How does she view your job? Does she? I mean, how does she feel about that? Because I'm sure that's got to be stressful on a marriage. Yeah, no. I mean, she wasn't exactly thrilled. <laughs> she wasn't thrilled when I decided that I wanted to do this. Um, you know, I didn't have many options when I decided um, to get involved. Um, but I also decided that regardless of the outcome of the uh, court case, you know, I wanted to do this instead of be a police officer because I've noticed that police officers have their hands tied with a lot of uh, red tape and shit, and I'm not required to have a warrant when I go and kick somebody's fucking door in, so. Now, let's, do you, do, does everyone that gets bailed out have to have a cosigner? Yes, you have to have a cosigner. What happens if, let's say, so bail, uh, getting bailed out is practically a uh, bail bond is practically getting a loan to get you out of jail. Yeah, practically. that's exactly. What so it what is. happens if nobody pays that and something happens to the guy? Do the bail bonds company just have to eat the $50,000 bond? Yeah. So if we can't locate the asset, then the bail company is eating shit. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they hire us. To get their asset. Yeah. I've never missed a case that I've been assigned. I can tell you that. How how often does that happen? I, I would imagine very rarely or bail bonds companies wouldn't be uh, in business because it wouldn't be a profitable one. I mean, if you want to talk on a national scale, it happens all the time. You know, they they skip. And the reason why we're allowed, we don't have a jurisdiction limitation, you know, your normal police officer or let's look at Beaufort County Sheriff's Office. Their jurisdiction ends at the county line. My jurisdiction doesn't end until I hit the border. So, so if you found out some guy, let's say, skipped on a hundred thousand dollar bond for armed robbery, you track him down. You talk to the family. Oh, he left. You track him down. So we're in South Carolina. You track him down to Texas. You guys go out to Texas and then can get that reward and come back for it. Yep. Nice. Yep. Go all the way to Texas. Bring his ass back here. Plenty of trips to you Texas. Got as much read as a reach as the FBI, probably even more. Well, they like to call us the uh, non-federalized marshals. So I see you out there, John Wayne. <laughs> uh, I like the weird. cowboy shit. I'm not gonna do you, lie. Do you ever wear a cowboy hat to work? It's funny you say that. I got my first cowboy hat uh, on my trip to Wyoming. Nice. Yeah, they actually uh, they pitched in to get one because they're just they're making fun of me the fact that I was the only fucker in the whole office. I mean, the when I was in Wyoming, the uh, the Were agents you doing I was working in with, Wyoming or just no, I was actually there for a case. Um, Whoa, yeah, <laughs> I was there for a case, and um, the fucking <laughs> the bail agent's office was right next to the sheriff's office, so they shared the same office space. And, like, literally the left side of the building is all sheriff's office and, like, fucking 12 deputies because it's Wyoming, you know. And then to the right of it, you have the bail agent, you know. Um, so we went in there and, like, they're really good friends with the uh, sheriff and the sheriff's office and stuff like that. Some of the deputies. So it's a pretty tight-knit coordination there. Oh, yeah, over there. Yeah. I mean, here it's probably hard because how many police officers are in Beaufort County alone? Probably more than 250? Yeah, no. Or just about probably 250. There's plenty of officers here. So... It's hard to coordinate with such a big department and so many 
you know, a lot of counties, uh, I would assume in Wyoming, have about like three towns per county. Yeah, it's it's pretty small in Wyoming. It's but very stretched here out. here in Beaufort County, we've got Port Royal, Beaufort, Ladies Island, St. Helena, Hilton Head, Bluffton, Fripp. Fripp. So there's a lot of intercoursing city police departments. Yeah. Wyoming brought you out there for a case, and then you decided, ah, I like Wyoming. That's where I want to end up. Yeah, no, I mean, I brought it out. I got out there, and, you know, the guys that I worked with were fucking phenomenal. You know, they taught me shit that I would have never learned here, you know, about tracking down fugitives and shit. And, <laughs> you know, it's the fact that they're, they're, they're just nice. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than it's, they're nice. It's the uh, Canadian version of the uh, United States. It's I, the, I think the so, Canada yeah. Canada of the United States. You know, but they're also pretty rough and gruff when they need to be, you know. It's like, it's kind of like if the South, redneck, but West. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if, if a uh, redneck uh, married a lady from uh, Toronto and had a baby, that's uh That's pretty much, yeah, that's, that's exactly boy. how it is. <laughs> so, how much does, do you have to... Acc- with being a bail bonds enforcer, with each state you go in, you have to enforce it a certain different way. So you have to be aware of all of those bail bonds enforcing limiters in certain states or laws. Yeah, so it's actually – it kind of sucks. But, you know, anytime there's any law change and stuff like that, it's not like we're notified. We have to, you know, know our shit. You know, we have to stay up to date, you know. Like the general public doesn't go out of the way to listen to, you know, some of these – uh, bail bonds uh, hearings and stuff like that. Um, a couple of states have tried to do away with bail bonds, and they're replacing it with um, I can't remember what it's what the actual program is called, but it's a tax funded program. Go figure. And it's the government's way of trying to get rid of the cash bail system, and it's giving everybody a chance at bail versus you know the way it is now. Who can where, afford it? Right. Who can afford bail? Which you know some people think it sucks that you know obviously not everybody can afford to get out, but you know you're in there for a reason. Exactly, you're in there for a reason. But if you're going to sit there and charge every taxpayer you know money on top of everything else, and then give everybody a chance to get out of jail, you know you're going to create more work. You know, you're going to put the bondsman out Sounds of business. like California to me. Exactly. It is communist California, and I can't fucking stand California. They just need to fall off already. God. You're one of the very few very few minority people that are very conservative. And you, you're you actually an anarchist? <laughs> yes, ex- I am ex- an anarchist by ex- definition. Explain that um, way of thinking. Um. <laughs> In your new world regime. Well, I don't believe in a new world regime, but I do believe that um, the current political climate, it needs a restart. Um, If we end up in Civil War version two, I'm going to be right there on the front fucking lines. You know, I have no problem going up again. And I can say this because I don't work for the federal government. (laughs) You know, I can say that I'm totally fine with fighting the federal government if I have to because of the fact that they're tyrants, you know, they're tyrannical. And I stand behind that. You know, I don't appreciate taxes being imposed on everybody. You know, I mean, look at our fucking founding fathers. They started a a whole war over, over a 3% th- tax 3% on tea. Tax. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm making, uh, and now I'm being taxed. Let me make sure I have this number right. I'm being taxed nearly about 12, 18% of my paycheck. I get taxed 30% of my paycheck. Yeah. 
Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. It is a bunch of bullshit. And that's, you know, that's why I'm an anarchist, man. You know, fuck the IRS. I'm going to say that right now. (laughs) You know, I'm not. Okay, Wesley Snipes. We see you. We see you. I'm not going to go out of my way and, you know, say that something needs to happen over there. But I'm not exactly going to lose any sleep if something does happen to the IRS building. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more. Like, how hard is it for you being a minority and being of that nature of thinking? Would you generally call yourself a conservative? Yeah, I do have a lot of conservative views. Like, there's certain things that, like... Um, Are you economically conservative, but liberally socially? I, I'm i not sure, man. Honestly, like, it it's all dependent on the issue. Like, I, that's why I don't I don't say that I'm Democrat or Republican. You're you know? a true middle ground. You fully yeah, believe that no, where each idea I, is different. Yeah, there's some things that I that I agree with and some things that I don't. You know, from day one, I've always been like, you know, you love who you love. You want to be, you know, gay and married or uh, lesbian and married. That's you. You know, you love that person. You should have that right to do that. You know, uh, everybody gives me shit about the whole pro-choice versus pro-life argument. I'm pro-minding my damn business. It's not my fucking business, you know, whether it's legally, religiously, you know, I don't view it that way. It's not my business. I feel like for a lot of people is people don't realize, um, and a lot of that pro-life, pro-choice deal is deep-rooted in religion. But you can make a solid argument not religiously. I, that's what I feel like everyone's problem is like, yes, I get your religion is important to you and it should sway the way you vote. I'm not saying that, but it should not sway the way we write laws. Right. I mean, we have a, we have a separation of church and state for a reason. You know, if you decide to vote with the party that, you know, is more aligned with your religion, that's your right to do so. You know, I don't think that's bad at all. You know, you could do what you want. That's what I believe in. You know, I... I'm pro freedom. <laughs> You're a pro the bald eagle. So exactly. I think the big problem is is people don't realize when the government gets involved in stuff, it gets even muddier. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Look at Virginia, for God's sakes. They're yeah. getting their Second Amendment stripped away day by day. And Man, nobody's doing a damn thing about it. Yeah, everybody wanted to talk all this good shit. Oh, if they do that, then we're gonna rise up. Yet nobody's fucking doing it. I guarantee you, I know fucking forty, you know, South Carolina boys that want to take a trip to Virginia and go clap some Fed boy cheeks, but you know, they're not doing it. Did you see the uh, sheriff's department that was on the march with them? They were like, We work for the so and so sheriff's department, we will not take your guns away. Yeah, um, I did see some of those rallies. I actually saw the uh, conference, too, where all the sheriffs from the different counties were uh, interviewing and stuff. Listen, uh, guns can be a very good thing and also a very bad thing. That's not what I think I would love. The one thing I would love federally across the board is a a federal concealed carry permit. I think that would be great. Now, it's going to be ridiculously hard to do. Ridiculously hard to do. Um, I do think gun laws need tweaking. But on the flip side of it is if the federal government knows who has guns and who doesn't, who are they going to take out first? Whose doors are they banging in at 12 o'clock in the morning when shit hits the fan? Exactly. These red flag warrants are without, you know, any kind of fucking warning, man. Like, you know, your neighbor could just be jealous of whatever the fuck, you know, you got going on and then they could be like, oh, he's got guns. He's a dangerous. And then boom, you're getting red flagged and you're getting fucked by the police. Next thing you know, you got, you know, 
16 fucking SWAT assholes coming into your house and shooting the shit out of you because you have weapons and, you know, you have rights. But how dare you have rights in this climate, you know? And a a lot of people who make the argument that the AR-15 is not necessary and the Second Amendment was for... for, uh, I tell those people to kiss my ass. (laughs) People don't realize amendments evolve for the time. Like, our founding fathers were smart. Now, I'm not saying our founding fathers weren't dumb as well. Like, I mean, you, I get it. A lot of them probably own slaves. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying they're right in that sense. That I'm not agreeing to that. But they had a they had a vision for the future in mind when they originally created this nation. Right. And things do need to evolve with time. Like that's that's what we have amendments for. But you know, you get the argument. Well, is an AR-15 really going to stop a tank? And this, that, and the third. Obviously, you'd never seen Red Dawn before. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> Great um, fucking movie. There's ways you can get around it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the military. Like, let's just say that uprising did happen. Let's just say we got somebody in crazy in the political seat and just decided to say, okay, I'm going to write an executive order that's going to strip all firearms from every citizen. <laughs> Do you really think most of the military is going to follow that order? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? Some will, some will, but I, there's going to be a lot. Even with generals, a lot of them are going to be like, well, I will not command that order. See, and unfortunately, it would have to be martial law. Um, when you look at, if some kind of executive order like that were to get passed, it would have to be under martial law, where you know the president is no longer the president. He assumes the mantle of commander-in-chief. You know, Instead of being looked at as a president, he is the commander-in-chief. What he says goes, and the military does so. You know, so if we're in martial law and this happens, then, you know, a lot of different things can happen. You know, I don't think at any point in time we've the whole nation's been under martial law, to my knowledge. You know, that's never happened in history. But when you look at (laughs) who can operate during martial law, are you really going to be scared of the National Guard coming to try and take your guns away? No. I mean, that's like sending the fucking B team. (laughs) Now, uh, now the Marines, that's a totally different fucking story. Oh, hell no. Like, all, right, all right, you guys won this one. Here you go. <laughs> They're in the closet in the back. My big thing is when, so when something happens, and this is particularly on the left, both sides do this, that happens when they say, oh, you know, the guns cause these mass shootings. Well, no, but are you going to blame other things? You know, let me see if I can, I'm trying to phrase this correctly. You you can't blame an inanimate object that was with human interaction. Like, you can't set... The old American dad skit where he sets the gun on the table and says, <laughs> gun, kill. It, it doesn't work like that. There are right. sick people in this world, and most of them are white. I'm not, I'm not going to fucking disagree with you on that. But I, I feel like a big problem with it is a lot of, a lot of these fucked up people want notoriety. And most of gun deaths happen in inner cities that are mostly democrat- democratically run. Yeah, and then they I mean, have Detroit, really strong Chicago, <laughs> gun I mean, laws. Ch- Chicago, you mean Chirac. Yeah. I mean, literally nearly two people are murdered every day in Chicago and Detroit. I fucking believe it. That's crazy. And, and it's just senseless drug. And I feel like a lot of it is because our education is failing our education system is failing people 
And the more money you dump in the education doesn't mean it's going to fix the problem. People don't realize that. There, there needs to be a, a lot of it is parental change, society change. I mean, where you grow up matters and what puts in your head and your, your city matters. And you have the right to, anyone has the right to vote which way they want and say their piece. That's, I'm not telling somebody that if they don't think guns should be allowed in the United States, they should go kill themselves. That's not what I'm saying or kiss my ass. That's not what I'm saying. You have the right to that idea. But I feel like our big problem today is people are trying to find – they're just focusing on the problem and not finding a way to solve the problem. People mostly focus on the problem, not what's going to solve it. And it's all right to have different ideas to solve it, but, I mean – Come on, can't we, can't we come to an understanding here? I mean, there are certain things that Democrats do better than Republicans, and there are certain things that Republicans do better than Democrats, mostly tax cuts. Shout out to Donald Trump. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, that's it's weird. How much hate do you get for being a minority and supporting Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, matter of fact, my sisters no longer talk to me because uh, in their eyes I am a boot-licking racist uh bigot nice yeah so um, they hate the fact that i've got a confederate flag outside my house (laughs) they hate that you know i support donald trump you're you're puerto rican right yeah so are you latino or hispanic neither actually um i'm taino so latino hispanic that covers like you know your spaniards and mexicans and everything else but my particular, like where I come from in Puerto Rico, I'm the Taino people. That's actually why I have, you know, this on my fingers. It's a genetic trait from my tribe. That's some wild shit. Yep. So officially on all the government paperwork, I don't put Hispanic or Latino anymore. I actually fill in Taino. Oh, nice. Uh, other and right in? Answer. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's pretty crazy. Let me ask you this as a man of minority race. Do you think Donald Trump's racist? No, not at all. Really? Not even a little bit. <laughs> I don't think Donald Trump is racist at all. Dude, he's done he's done a lot of good stuff. Now, I'm not saying he's perfect. Dude needs to shut his mouth. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's a lot of things that it's kind of just like, uh, dude, you're giving away too much. The poker face is uh, uh gone. It's gone. Do you th- what do you let what do you think his approval rating right now? Is 50-50, you would say? Or maybe 45-50? Honestly, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't look at the uh, political climates. I kind of just like if it's on the news. I try not. I try to stay away from the left leaning and the right leaning, and just go for the straight middle ground. You know. I wish there was a news network that just just spit me the facts. Right. Tell me what's going on, and I think it's important because you have to watch both sides. You really do. You should watch one side and then watch the other side's argument. I've actually today been looking. You know who's been popping up on my Facebook feed? And I'm a diehard conservative in general. You know what's been popping up on my Facebook feed today? And it just proves to me that Facebook is liberal as hell. The Young Turks. Yo, all on my Facebook why feed. Why the fuck are the Young Turks all on my shit, bro? Like, it's not just you, I swear. Like, it's all over the place. I'm like, why? Where, where did you guys come from? What? How much money did you pay oh, and, Facebook? Oh, uh, this now. This now. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. And I'm just like, I literally... Most of the posts I like are funny Republican jokes. 
Hillary jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I follow Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro oh, on Facebook. Oh, I love Steven Crowder. And you're, you're, you're going to pop up recommended for you, Young Turks? What? Yeah, exactly. That's so wild, bro. Like, I'm just like, you guys are using the wrong al- algorithm. Dude, and YouTube's got it bad, too, now, because I looked up. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I like Steven Crowder. I like listening to Steven Crowder. I like listening to Ben Shapiro. Uh, the guy, Who do I... There's somebody on the left that I really, really enjoy, and I can't remember their name because I don't listen to them all that much as I should. Oh, man. What? Oh. Shit. I used to actually listen uh, from the left side, uh, Rachel Maddow. You know, I used to really like her, and then the election happened, and we all saw her reaction on fucking live TV. Yeah. I mean, I I really liked Andrew Yang as a candidate. Smart. Had plans. Yes. Um, I really did think the um, jujitsu police officer thing was pretty dope. Uh (laughs) A thousand bucks a month sounds good. It would help me out here grow my business. I could spend it on advertising, new equipment, help with afford a studio. See, I was completely down for Yang. Like, I probably was gonna vote for him. Um, I was, too. even though he was gonna kill my industry. I, like, I just want this to be out there. I literally switched my party for the primary to Democrat so I could vote for Andrew Yang, and then he dropped out of the race before he came to South Carolina for the primary. So I gotta go and switch it back now. Yeah. But I'm still Republican, so... <laughs> I was just like, what? Bernie Sanders, to me, I think he's a genuine guy. And he generally, like, he generally believes in his idea, but I just don't think his ideas are going to solve the problems, if that makes any sense. I, I'm a firm believer that some of his policies are just going to create more problems. I think so, too. And what happens to all the people who paid college debt off through years of working, like my parents... Or my mother, generally speaking, she took money out to go to get her bachelor's degree and both her master's. And she paid those off. And my mom is a school teacher, so she's not making wow money. Just to let you guys know, she's not some doctor or some professor. She was a kindergarten teacher. And she paid those off along on top of medical bills that she faces all the time. What ha- what, what what are we doing for those people? I'm I'm sorry you went to college and then flunked out, or you went to college for lesbian dance there and you can't find something in your field. <clears throat> now I f- now do I feel for people who are engineers and these high in high demanding jobs that can't get a job? Of course I do, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into hiring, your work experience, internships, how you speak at an interview. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're 100% right, you know, especially with the internships. I mean, fuck, I couldn't get a job when I first got licensed to save my fucking life, dude, you know. Because you're a rookie, no experience. Nobody wants to take on a fucking rookie, especially at cost. So what I did was I started doing it for free. I worked for free for the first, like, three or four months. When I got shot, I was working for free. Ooh, that's got to be a bitch. Is that when you decided, hey, I'm charging for this shit from now on? <laughs> no, actually, um... Because when I got shot, it was uh, the first month on the job. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was a real shell shock oh, for I me. I bet your wife was shitting a brick, boy. Oh, man, she was like, you know how wives are. Just, I was totally right. You should have listened to me, babe. You should have listened. Exactly. But I just... That's just some crazy shit, man. <laughs> but people don't realize, like, what all goes into a job. And a lot of people hate the good old boy system, you know. Oh, you got this job because you know so-and-so, and 
it, it probably helps that you know somebody. Like, I'm not going to recommend or hire somebody for a job. Unless you know them or have worked with them. Yeah, or they have a really good track record. Like, I know the product he supplies because I worked for him at so-and-so. So I'm going to hire him because I know what he can do and I've seen his potential. Yeah. So why wouldn't you hire that person? Yeah, if you don't have any of those personal connections, it's really going to be a lot of, you know, you got to whore yourself in the beginning. Yeah, know? like in my job field, I did not get to making the money I was now. Like, I literally ate shit for six months and then trained, ate shit, and then got this job opportunity and took it. I left without any uh, any remorse. So you worked for free for the first three to four months? Yeah, man, I worked free. I didn't really (laughs) bother asking for a price. I just, I wanted the experience so that way I could eventually get... Do what you wanted. Yeah, exactly, man. (laughs) I mean, the bondsman was nice nice enough to cover the uh, hospital visit, though. I would hope so. (laughs) So, Like, ah, uh, you didn't make any money off this kid. Uh, Here you go. Yeah, no, she covered the cost because I saved my partner's life. Do you get a a lot of heat for being a young guy in that industry? Yeah. God, you have no fucking idea. I mean, you get... So there's this thing on Facebook called the Fugitive Recovery Network. And... Sounds like a Facebook group I want to join. <laughs> Fuck these kazoo commercials. <laughs> like, so in order to get invited invited into the group, you got to know somebody. So I got invited into the group, and there's like a whole background fucking check that they do on you before you can even start seeing shit. I would, I, I don't question it, man. They're talking about criminals. Yeah, man. So basically, everybody in this group is a fugitive recovery agent. A bail enforcement agent, bounty hunter, whatever your state decides to give you Call the title it. of, that's who's in this group. And we all bullshit, shoot the shit, and, you know, we also post up, you know, be on the lookout for us, you know, bolos. So That's got to be dope. Like, hey, we've heard he's active in said state. This is what he looks like. Yeah, they actually developed an app for us, too, which is... That's awesome. Yeah. There's an app for everything, man. They have an app where you can... Is uh, it if only you're on private the iTunes con- store? No, it's on uh, Google, Google Play. Play. <laughs> um, so, basically, they will post uh, a reward fee and the fugitive and, like, all their information and stuff like that and, like, last known whereabouts. And, like, you can check your local area It's and literally stuff. a social media version of a wanted, dead, or alive poster from a John Wayne movie. Yes, it's exactly that. That's fucking dope. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got a lot of private contracts through there. It's it's Tinder for fugitives. Like, ah. It's like, ah, I don't uh, feel like this one today. I don't feel like that one today. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a large check to bring home to the missus. Yeah, man. Some of these do pay very nice, too. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of eating shit, I feel like. I mean, how, how much time do you think you waste on an averagely night when you do bail enforcement? I mean... There's some times where you can catch them in, like, maybe two or three days. Like, that's great. But other times you're going to spend weeks to months looking for Tracking these guys. these guys. Yeah. So it's not like you're going out every night making $10,000 from a $100,000 bond. It's, yeah, no, not every night. It's it's week, weeks of work and effort mm-hmm. put into it. Yeah. And all at the benefit of not costing the taxpayer a goddamn dime. Shout out to that. I love private business, man. <laughs> government needs to get out of shit. And the government's trying to muscle their way in. Um it's pretty shitty. A couple of states have tried it, and it's actually failed horribly. So it ends what up states looking. states have tried it? Um, the last state that I remember <laughs> switched over to it was California, and California is actually switching back this year to um, their cash bail system because people were going and lobbying for it to come back. It was a really bad flop. 
<laughs> had more people that the government bailed out and just ran than, you know, came back and faced the music. So, yeah, I mean, because it's different. I mean, when you guys get contracted out, like you put there's a there's a difference in effort, I would assume, because that's your that's your paycheck. Yeah, I mean, you're we it, go all out for our shit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, being a door to door salesman. Like, I mean, you're always on it doing something because that's your bread and butter. But when you're contractually through a salary through the state. Oh, I don't know. Little Timmy, uh, I couldn't find him. I asked his mom. She said no. I didn't look at anything around the house. I didn't check anything. How easy is it to... Can you guys get access to like credit card records and of that nature? Actually, yes. We do have um, a system that we use. Um, I use Delve Point. Uh, Delve Point is fucking fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you can run... Because we'll already have, like, the credit card information, obviously, through, you know, their the paperwork bonds. and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So we can track their credit card and, you know, get real-time locations based on where their credit card was used. And, and I'm assuming when um, there's nothing illegal about it, because probably when they sign that paperwork for that bail bonds, it gives them permission to run. Yeah, when you background. sign one of these contracts, a lot of people don't actually read these contracts. They're like, I just want to get out yeah, of jail. Yeah, I want to get out of jail. And they don't realize what they're getting into. You know, they have a commitment to uphold, you know, and unfortunately when they don't do that, then the bondsman hires us to come and get you. And, you know, it's not really a good day for you at that point. But, you know, 90% of the time you're literally signing away all of your fucking rights, you know, to the bondsman, you know, you do, you eat sheet, eat shit and sleep when the bondsman tells you to, because to the bondsman, Yes, he's getting you out of jail, but you're a dollar sign, essentially, you know. You're his paycheck. Exactly. You're the bonds' paycheck. And then if you fuck up, you're my paycheck. A lot of late nights, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. How often are you home when you do that kind of work? Um, it Honestly, if it's local, then, you know, I come home every morning. But it, there's been a couple times where I've been gone for about two or three weeks. Um, you know, obviously the missus will miss, you know, the fuck out of me and shout out to FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> well, we actually, uh, we get FaceTime through Verizon because we both have Samsung galaxies. Nice. We're not fans of iPhone because of their whole making the technology slower and stupider shit over time. Yeah. Which is understandable, but Hey, I, that's why I don't do uh, iPhone updates. That's why I never do updates. Cause I'm like, ah, you're not slowing my phone down. Asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they'll be like, Oh, to update Snapchat. You have to, nah, nah, nah kiss I'm my good, ass. <laughs> oh, the one thing I do hate about my iPhone though, is my chargers break all the damn time. I don't actually have that problem with mine. They, um, I think mine was the first year cuz Lily has a newer phone than me. Um I've had the same phone for 2 3 years now and I love the fuck out of it, but they switched to um I can't remember if it's a C or a D plug instead of the regular micro uh USB, which yeah. I'm glad because that's what a lot of people are going over to that my when I put my motherboard in my computer I wanted to make sure it had uh micro USB C. Mm-hmm. So, that's where it's going to. But that's some crazy shit, man. Well, um You've actually got a contract to go fulfill here in a little bit, so I want to thank you for coming on the show, brother. I appreciate it. No problem at all. You've been lighting my world about uh, arresting fugitives. <laughs> you going to add me to that Facebook page? Because I'm not going to be a part of this kazoo thing. I'm seeing all the damn time. I can't um, actually send you an invite because of the fact that you're not Fair enough. a bounty hunter. Fair enough. Not yet. I haven't decided yet. I mean, if you want to be, then I can help you. <laughs> I don't know. How, how much did the licensing cost you to get? Um, what's that scary, scary number, just $1,200. But to somebody that doesn't have money, that, that can be scary, Yeah, you know, but 
I made all of my money back on my first hunt. My first real hunt. I made all of my Your money first back. Paid yeah. Hunt. I made all of that shit back. I made six grand. That was my take home on my first hunt. And I got paid. You know, that was nice. <laughs> now, how often does a job appear for you? All the time. All the time. So yeah. it's readily available. You just kind of do the other stuff to keep, kind of keep a constant cash flow and yeah. then fill in where it's needed to be. Mm-hmm. You're on the hustle, man. You're on the grind. Oh, yeah, man. I like to have money. <laughs> I'm very expensive. <laughs> Motorcycles are expensive. Did you get, um, you, did you get a new bike? Not yet. I just, matter of fact, I just finished building one bike and I sold it. Um, I'm working on getting a, a Road King now. Nice. Look at you. The little Sons of Anarchy coming out, man. Oh, God. I remember that shit. No, no. Well, anyways, I want to thank you for coming on the show. If you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram and we will get you guys in contact. Or you can email John per- personally if you need PI work done in the area of Beaufort County. Would, would you take on a Chatham County jobs? I might get out there. Yeah. Like I said, it's all dependent on the case. Yeah. So if you if you want a good deal and not shitty work for it, John's done plenty of work for me and it's done great and I appreciate him. That's you know, what really actually started you coming on the show is I didn't even know all this was going on. I knew you were doing bail enforcement stuff because I had talked to your dad and then like I found out you were doing PI work. I was like, I need some PI work done right now. <laughs> Said, uh, let me give him a ring. So He's helped out my family tremendously and done what we've needed him to, gone above and beyond for us. And so if you're really looking for some good PI work, good solid work, you know, if you think the shot is cheating on you, that's the man to call or email. Um, feel free to DM us if you have anything else. Any any uh, social media you want them to follow, or are you a pretty private guy on that end? Um, I'm pretty private on Facebook, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'd, I'd like literally never fucking post, but I'm hoping to start posting soon anyway. Um, right. You can follow me at uh, Complicated Profession. Compli- that's a pretty good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I right. actually took it off of Star Wars. Well, that's going to be it for the Django Fed of Beaufort County, Jack Bochamp. I want to thank you for coming on the show, man, and keep doing what you're doing and keep on the hustle brother thanks man. you guys can check us out on instagram at ksam media group or check us out on youtube now at ksam media group leave us a comment if you've got any questions from john john will be back later this year to kind of recap his year i really want to do that with a lot of people who come on the show so he'll recap this year and so thanks for watching don't forget to tell your friends and family lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details